Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The headlights are a-cutting the fog on a midnight highway. Eighteen wheels are a driving through the dawn. There's a Blue Ridge Mountain sunrise filling the mirrors, and the ashtray's full. The coffee's almost gone, and the truckers heading west to Colorado, passing the miles with his friends on the CB coast. Tonight the truck stops somewhere out in nowhere And tomorrow's the wind and the open road And I believe he's gonna drive that rig to glory And I believe I feel the freedom in his story Riding that diesel wine Chasing that long white line Dropping that load on time And he's going home Hi everybody and welcome to the Interactive Internet. I'm your host, Pete Carr, welcoming you to our Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening show. And, uh, well, we got a breaking news update. Uh, Dateline, Oak Grove, Kentucky. Uh, I am part at the uh, Flying J truck stop, just north of Fort Campbell, just on the north side of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And there is a parade going on out on the street. I see a number of pickup trucks with large, the um, Don't Tread on Me, the Tea Party, what they call the uh, Gadsden flag. There's a there's a big high high wheel pickup truck, and... It looks like they have um, not the Confederate battle flag, but one of the uh, Confederate States of America flag and an American flag. And they're driving around the parking lot here, folks, and uh, driving around the street. So we have uh, we have some some Southern pride going on down here in uh, Oak Grove, Kentucky, this afternoon. Ah, okay, earlier. About 15, 20 minutes ago, I posted that picture on Twitter. And now it seems there is a number of vehicles. Uh, there's a white pickup truck pulling a trailer, a couple of four-wheel drive uh, off-road vehicles on it. American flag, Confederate battle flag. I'm going to see if I can get a picture of these while we're talking, folks. Hang in there. See if we can get a picture of this guy. There we go. All right. Well, 
I didn't know that was going on this afternoon out here. They're uh, they're circling the uh, truck stop parking lot for the uh, for the trucks for the cars. There goes a couple of more vehicles with the Confederate flags on them. Um, I'm going to say a couple of dozen vehicles in all here. I- I've seen a number of different, and they have the uh, the large flags on. So that's what's going on. Uh, I'm waiting for. Okay, there. I unmuted Lou. Hi, Lou. Hey, Pete. So what is yeah, this anyway. thing going on there? Huh? What is this? They're just um, going around with the flags. Yeah, they uh, they have the large Confederate flags on their vehicles and they're driving around, um, driving around the Flying J truck stop and across the street over at the uh, getting in there right now. I can't see because of the trees. Uh, I can see the uh, the entrance to the truck repair shop. I can see it right here, and they've all pulled in, and here comes some more. Oh, quite a bit of them. Oh, gone. Mm. We wow. got a parade going, folks. Hey, that's okay. Yeah, there's another one with the uh, with the Gadsden flag. Here comes a uh, a red four wheel drive jeep into the truck parking, and a silver pickup truck into the truck parking. Yeah, Carolina shooting at the Emanuel AME Church uh, a couple of weeks ago. The, the individual that that killed those folks had posted up on I think Facebook or something had had posted pictures of him with a Confederate flag, and there's a group of people called Black Lives Matter. They are basically uh, a bunch of radical African Americans. Their whole thing is they want to shut everything down. And I'll tell you in a few minutes here, they're going to shut down that. Uh, but anyway, they made the complaint on the Internet that this guy that, that killed these folks at the, uh, at the church in Charleston um, was a racist because he was pictured with the Confederate flag. And they went around and demanded that the Confederate flag, number one, be pulled down from the uh, state capitol grounds in Columbia, South Carolina. There was a Confederate uh, soldier's memorial on the uh, South Carolina state capitol, and uh, this Black Lives Matter made it very difficult for uh, Nikki Haley, the governor, and they finally uh, took the flag down and, uh, and moved it to off of... Uh, off of state property. The Confederate Memorial is at a Confederate uh, war museum now. So they didn't do away with it. But this, this Black Lives Matter group has been going around and nailing practically everybody um, for on an eBay to take off uh, any Confederate flag-related items for sale on those two websites. Uh, they got Walmart to stop selling you know, like the Zippo, the old-style uh, steel Zippo lighters with the Confederate flag on it. Anyway, their whole notion is that if we do away with the Confederate flag, we will end racism in America. 
because to them the Confederate battle flag is a symbol of racism. Uh, to other people, it is a symbol of Southern heritage. The, um, the country rock band Alabama used to put out record albums with the Confederate flag displayed prominently on their albums. There are other people from the South who have used the Confederate battle flag as, uh, as an indication that they are uh, proud of their Southern heritage. Now, when I say the Confederate battle flag. I'm talking about the stars and bars. Um, it's a red background with a with a blue and white X with the stars within the X. That is the Confederate battle flag. Official national flag of the Confederate States of America. It is different. It is it's actually the battle flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. That's the flag we're, we're talking about. Everybody calls it the Confederate flag, Confederate flag or the Rebel flag, but it is, it was originally the battle flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. Um, that would be Stonewall Jackson's flag. And when I lived in Stephen City, Winchester area of Virginia, um, I got involved with a Confederate reenactment group that was Cutshaw's Battery of Jackson's Army. I was involved with a Confederate uh, group of reenactors. They were artillery. That's what they were. Cutshaw's Battery of Jackson's Army. And one of the flags that we had was the Army of Northern Virginia Battlefront, which is exactly what was happening about it. When um, when they made the series Gettysburg, most of the people that appeared in that, outside of the name brand actors, most of the people that appeared in that film were people who led ordinary lives but were involved with various reenactment groups around the country. And if you uh, if you go to Google and type in Civil War reenactment groups, you find dozens around the country. There's Northerners, there's Southerners, um, too, and I, I wish I lived in New York, um, but up in New York State, there are two companies of squads. Now, the, the, the squads also fought in the Civil War on both sides. And if you're not familiar with them, you will, you will be instantly familiar with them when I tell you what set them apart from, from other units. They wore uh, a short silk jacket, fade all over it, fancy brocade. They wore um, pantaloons, not, not trousers or pants. They wore pantaloons that were very baggy and they came down to uh, just below the knee and then they had stockings and shoes. And they wore red gloves as a, as a hat. They were precision marching units, and they were also uh, basically the cream of the crop as far as uh, skilled marksmen and all that. They, uh, they did a lot of uh, military displays, you know, close order marching displays and all that. Uh, Lou, do you know who I'm talking about now when I describe them? 
Yeah, not positively. Okay, you know what a fez is? I'm sorry? Do you know what a fez, a hat called a fez, do you know what that is? No. Okay, think of the Shriners. Tall, brown, red hat that they wear. Oh, the fez? Not the fez. The tall, round hat that Shriners wear. Is a fez. I thought it was. I thought it was called a fez. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. During during the Civil War, there were uh, military organizations that dressed like that, and they were, uh, you know, they would be like recruitments for uh, the Union or Confederate Army, and they would put on displays and all that. And and they wore, you know, the baggy pantaloons. Uh, that, that came to just below the knee. They wore short, uh, brocade, sleeveless jackets that were kind of open in the front, too. They were like a, like a fancy vest. Are you picturing what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I'm picturing the outfit, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, there are at least Two reenactment groups up in upstate New York that I know of that are Zabob units. I believe one of the New York units is actually a Confederate Army unit. So there, there are literally around the country, folks, there are thousands upon thousands of Civil War reenactments. Oh, what do we got? One, two, three. Um, we have three police cars. Apparently, this is a, um, I don't know. I, I think I think these people are mustering together for an actual parade. Coming into that parking lot over there, dozens of them. And now three, uh, looks like three Oak Grove, Kentucky police cars. And doggone it, I left my Confederate flag in my other truck. <laughs> I thought that's the one your son snagged. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Brian finally got one or not. He had one on the truck at one time. Yeah. One yeah. of the trucks. Well, I don't know if it flew off or what happened to it. I don't know. All I know is we have a big parade coming in. Anyway. Awesome. Um, I gotta, I gotta fix my coffee here, so I'm gonna put myself on speaker and I'm gonna let you talk for a few minutes, kind of catch everybody up on what's going on with you and everything. All right? Okay. Basically, all I'm doing is working. It's been a long week. Um, I'm coming, actually coming into a probably even longer week. <laughs> because I'm going to be gone next weekend. I leave Thursday to go down a little further south into Florida to Melbourne so that I can get some continuing education classes. I'm going to be down there from Thursday through Sunday. I'll be back sometime Sunday afternoon or evening. And then I go right into my full, my long week of work. So I figure I'm off tomorrow and I'll have another actual day off for me 
in about 10 days. That's going to be a long week and a half. But it'll be worth it, and it'll be fun, too, because I'm going with two people that I have a lot of fun with. We will stay out of trouble. At least we'll try. But we've had so much rain here. It has rained every day, and there's been several days where it rained anywhere from two to five times throughout the 24-hour period. So we're getting to where we are collecting water in the um, the areas that are like along the, the roadway and the little gullies there and out here where I live, which is basically somewhat out in the boonies. We have a, a piece across from my neighbor's house that is now filling up with water. It'll reach a certain point and then it'll come on over the road and go down into his yard because he sits lower than I do. And there's, we haven't had it happen in a very long time, but there's one little section coming from the main road up into um, the housing area that I live in. There is a little area where you go through a little span of trees. And, you know, I mean, the branches doesn't get much sun in the area of the road itself. But that will go totally underwater. And... At the low point, my car would not make it. My car is low enough. It wouldn't make it through there. I'd have to find another way around and in. Yeah. So I didn't look at that today to see because it's the first time I've come that way in a long time. I've been coming around the back way, but I came down the front way today. And I've, I've got to look again and see how much water is in that thing. But across the road, across from John's house, there's water probably about three-fourths of the way up to the top. Just that's collected this week. Uh huh. So, and a lot of rain. Yeah, it's um, rained here at least once already today, and it was sprinkling when I came home. Just um, just before the show, I was I was double checking Twitter to see if anything was going on, and um, I noticed that there was um an evacuation order in Pasco County, which is south of you. Uh, right. An evacuation, an evacuation order for over 300 houses and a couple of businesses due to flooding. That's, that's this afternoon. That's now. Now, Pasco's down in Tampa on. way, isn't it? Pasco County is Tampa area, yes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure... Um, what neighborhood it was, but they said over 300 houses and a couple of businesses uh, were being evacuated because of flooding. And and basically, um, on through Oklahoma, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, down through Illinois, the whole uh, eastern part of the United States, basically from Texas east, has had nothing but flooding. And um, here, what was it, two weeks ago, uh, out in southeastern California, out on Interstate 10, the remains of Hurricane Dolores came through and wiped out um, a bridge over a dry wash in, uh, in southern California there on Interstate 10, uh, wiped it out, and they, they got as much rain in one day there as they normally get in a year. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about 
we're talking about down in the uh, down in the desert by White, uh, California, um, south of uh, south on the Colorado River, south of Hoover Dam and Lake Mead and Las Vegas and all that. Uh, they don't usually get rain, but when they do, it, um, it it creates flash flooding, and that's why they have these water crossings across uh, Interstate 8, Interstate 10, and Interstate 40 in eastern California. And uh, it was so bad that it actually wiped out one of the bridges over the dry wash. And I just saw that Caltrans a couple of days ago got that bridge open in record time. Um, there was a three to four hundred mile detour to get around that because there is very there's very little road um, in eastern California, folks. I mean, it's all nothing but thinking desert, and that's all it is. There's a couple of roads that run north and south, like US 95, California 111, California 86 or 89, whatever, um, by the Salton Sea. But that's it. As far as east-west routes, it's Interstate 8, Interstate 10, Interstate 40. And that's it. Because the rest of it is nothing but Joshua trees and sand. Um, Lou, you've been out on Interstate 8 uh, from California to Arizona. You can attest to the fact that there isn't much out there. No, there isn't. Neither is there off of 90 and 10. That section is all desert. Gorgeous in the springtime when the uh, cactus all bloom. Yep. But after the after the blooming is done, it is desolate. And and you have to watch it because if they get rained, there is instant flash flooding. And there is no um no prior warning. Yeah. You know, you, um, you've gone across Interstate 8 um, over to Yuma, Arizona, and, uh, you know, go through El Centro and all that. I, yep. Uh, I, I went across, I've been across there a number of times over the years, but I went across there, um, I don't know, sometime late last year or whatever, uh, a couple months ago, whatever. And... Uh, I was going west. I had to, I had to make a delivery over in uh, Poway, which is north of San Diego, up on Interstate 15. And uh, I had Tucson, and then my next stop was uh, over in California, and I ran across Interstate 8. Um, you leave out of Yuma and go west, and from Yuma to El Centro is about the most desolate part of it. Going west on Interstate 8, you climb into the mountains, and, and there's huge, huge rocks up there. You know, these things are, are giant rocks, and they're just strewn all over the place, and it's mountainous and windy and twisty, you know, steep upgrades, steep downgrades, and, and you're going through, uh, through this mountainous area completely desperate. You know there's no water out there. But anyway, when you're going from Yuma to El Centro, it's kind of a flat area out there. And you look to your left, and all of a sudden you'll see a black line. And it's just out there in the desert. 
And, and as you go west, that black line starts getting closer to you, and you realize it is an iron wall. That's the um, the border between Mexico and the United States. And it comes pretty close to Interstate 8 in a couple of spots. You can look very easily and see old Mexico. Anyway, there's a rest area out there, and at night, you'll be driving along, and all of a sudden, you'll see a light out there. And this light's moving and bobbing up and down and everything. Well, people go out there with their four-wheel drive, and they put, um, like, a 15-foot foot fiberglass pole on their four-wheel drive, and they put a light up on top of that pole. And it's really freaky. There'll be a dozen or two dozen of them people out there at night riding around, and you see all these lights bobbing and weaving and everything. Well, you know, they have regular encampments. They bring their motorhomes, their travel trailers, they bring their water, their food. You know, they have their own restroom facilities. They're all set up. And it might be 100 degrees out there at night. These people are comfortable because they're prepared for that. And I go along, and I look at that stand. Whatever they can carry in their arms or on their back, they get out there and they walk north. They may, you know, they probably have a couple of gallons of water at best. And a person can go through a couple of gallons of water overnight out in the desert, especially in the heat. And I think these people come up here to get jobs, to go to work. I'm riding along in my comfortable 18-wheeler. I got the air conditioner going. I got my CD. I got a nice cool drink. Uh, I might be listening to one of them big boomer uh, Mexican stations coming in or something on the radio. And I'm prepared and I'm comfortable and I'm just traveling along. And at the same time, there are people that come up over that border with nothing but what they can carry in their arms out in that heat. You know, I'll tell you what, days it in with what water I can carry. There's a couple of things in this world I haven't done. And um, I was looking at the History Channel tweet the other day, Lou, and I retweeted, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have the... Um, the new season of Ice Red Truckers is coming up because, of course, it's going to be getting winter up north. And uh, I retweeted and I posted a message and I said, I have over 40 years driving experience and the one thing that I have not done is Ice Red Trucking. You know, I'm not a cold or hot person anymore. You know, I'm in a mellow medium right now where it's 72 and partly cloudy, I'm fine. But my God, folks, to get out in that desert and walk your way to a better job and a better life, unbelievable. Unbelievable that people do that. Now, I honestly God believe that we have the immigration laws messed up. We need a solid guest worker program where people can apply for a job in the United States and go to that job, you know, 
show that they have a place to go to to live and that they will abide by our laws, pay taxes, and work a job and be upstanding um, non-resident aliens of our country. You know, there are expatriate Americans in practically every country in the world. Uh, I know a lot of people, I have an uncle that um, got out of the Air Force in 1958 in Germany. He stayed there until he passed away in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. And he retained his American citizenship. But he, he lived and worked and, and died in, uh, in Germany. You know, he worked for um, the big job he had with Cool Lou. Uh, the neighborhood that he lived in was was up on the northwest side of Frankfurt. And there used to be um, a gas house, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with the term, folks, it's kind of a bar and restaurant and, uh, and, and social area combined. Anyway, there was a gas house. Uh, that we used to go to all the time. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking on Google Maps, and I thought, I'm going to see if I can find my uncle's old place. I found the gas pump where we used to go on Google Maps, and it has the Google Street View and everything. And what's even cooler, folks, is we're talking about, you know, 1966 to 68 is when, when I went to high school in Germany and we used to go up weekends and hang out with my aunt and uncle and all that. Anyway, the place is during this, I, I don't know when they opened it up, but I know it's been there since at least 1966 because I drank beer in that place. And it's still there, Lou, and it's still called the Green Bank. I'll be darned. Yeah, and I was checking out the street view and I remember the street view. It's, it's yeah. basically an Italian pizza parlor now. Kind of interesting. It's a pizza parlor run by a steep. Mm. Anyway, um, one of these days they have they don't have a Twitter account, but they do have email. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot them an email. Mm. Tell them I drank beer there in 1966. Wow. That's the same place, same name, and everything. You got to remember, folks. You know, uh, excuse me. Um, one of the places that I wanted to retire to was was Tuscany in in Italy, and I was looking for you know I was looking at houses and all that, and I found a, a really nice uh, home in a small town in Tuscany. It's set up as a pension. It's it's a guest house. And they have a couple of rooms, you know, it's kind of what we call a bed and breakfast here in the state. Anyway, they have a couple of guest rooms, and it's really beautiful and, and, and you know, nice inside and all that. And, you know, you go to look at a real estate description, and it tells you um, the year was built and how much square foot, or in this case, square meters and all that. And, uh, you know, a description of the home. Somewhere around 1155 A.D. Wow. We're talking about a thousand-year-old home. 
you know, and Germany is the same way. I mean, um, in Germany, if you didn't live there for at least two generations, they considered you the new people on campus. Uncle Norty, Uncle Leonard, had moved there in 1958. We were there in 66. So we're talking about eight years, uh, you know, from the time he uh, he got out of the Air Force and, and was living there and all that. And they still considered him kind of the new guy in town after six years. Well, when you have homes that are anywhere from 500 to 1,000 years old, then being there for six years is like the point of the up. Anyway, I don't know whatever happened to this to this one place I was looking at. And the neat thing about it is, well, I guess it's not really neat, but um, Italy and Greece are having some severe economic times, and uh, real estate prices are really depressed. They wanted under a million U.S. dollars for this place. Under a million. Uh, a home like that in the United States, I mean, you got to remember, folks, this is a huge guest house. Um, I don't remember what the square meters were, but it was somewhere around seven or 8,000 square feet. Wonderful. Yeah, just, just absolutely beautiful. And I don't use that word absolutely very often. But, um, a home like that in the United States would be somewhere in the 10 to $20 million range. And they wanted under a million. And the people that owned it were willing to stay there and help the new owners get established in their business. You know, if you wanted to uh, to continue using it as a guest house, uh, the, new, the sellers were willing to stay and help the new owners. Beautiful place there. I, I really wish I could have bought it. Anyway, let's see now. What do we got here? we got about 15 minutes left. Keep seeing all these vehicles coming in, and they're just, you know, um, I don't know how many there are, but I can see them now because they're they're behind the trees and they're out of the trees, and it looks like they're all moving out onto the road, um, onto the main road. There's a main road that goes from interstate, oh, here they come out now. Okay. Hang on a second. Let me see something here. What I'm going to try is I'm going to try and use my video. It won't let me use it. Huh? No, it won't let me use it. Darn. Well, I see a bunch of motorcycles. Well, of all places. Yeah. How dare that truck go in the truck stop? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm picking. Apparently, I can't use my video while I'm on the phone. Mm-hmm. But I am taking a couple of... I took a couple of pictures here. Cool. Okay. Yep, they're having uh, they're having a parade. That's awesome. I'm going to say there's got to be 
70 and 100 vehicles, because they're just coming out. Holy Mike. That's a lot of vehicles. Yeah, and I can, I, I can see the parking lot is still full over there. Some people are moving, but most of them are uh, are pulling out, and it's dozens, folks. Unbelievable. After uh, after the show, I'll post pictures on Twitter. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So many, they're backed up from the intersection um, here to uh, to the to the driveway. Yep. It is a Southern Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. The flags are flying. I see American flags. I see the uh, Stars and Bars. I see the Gadsden flag. Um, I saw a couple of uh, uh, Confederate States of America flags. There's a Tennessee flag. The old-style Tennessee flag. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Marine Corps flag. A lot of American flags, a lot of Confederate flags. All right. You know what, Lou, and I forgot to get into this. We were we got into other things. This this group Black Lives Matter, their whole thing is they want to shut everything down. Anyway, um, the Democratic National Committee posted over the weekend that one year from today, they will be in Philadelphia for the Democratic National Convention. Black Lives Matter went on NBC and said that they will disrupt the Democratic National Convention. The way our system works. We have national, the political parties have national conventions at which time the delegates from all 50 states and territories, the delegates get together and they nominate a candidate to run for president, vice president of the United States from their party. And every political party does this. You know, even the socialists and everybody else's, um, the Green Party, they all have national conventions. But, of course, you only hear about the Democratic and the Republican convention. Um, independents, by, the, by, by virtue of the fact that they are independent, don't actually have a convention. Um, you just run as an independent of your own choosing, and that's it. But this is the way our, our this is the, the transition of power in our country. And to disrupt the peaceful transition of power is an insult and an affront the way we choose our leaders. That's the method that was put down, put forth in the Constitution, and that's the way we do it, folks. But yet these people want to shut down the Democratic National Convention. That's what they're aiming to do now. If you go into Google and type in Black Lives Matter, you'll find their website and their postings on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. I urge you to check them out. You know, some people have asked me, why do you follow such and such on Twitter? You know, they're a flaming liberal, they're, they're a communist, or uh, in the case of Bernie Sanders, he's an about socialist and all that. 
And I say the same thing to everybody that asks me that question. Don't you want to know what your opposition is talking about? How can you defend your position? I listen to them and I learn things from them. I see what they are doing. I rarely uh, comment directly on something that a political opponent is doing, unless, of course, it's Hillary Clinton. Um, You know, Hillary Clinton is the criminal-turned-candidate or candidate-turned-criminal. Now, a call for a criminal investigation into her email then. And and she has been really quiet about all this. And supposedly, she's supposed to testify before Congress in October uh, regarding the emails. You know, her emails were subpoenaed by a committee of Congress. While they were under subpoena, she destroyed the email server. And now she is trickling out uh, whatever email she wants them to see. So stay tuned to the Hillary Clinton email scandal, folks. Okay, anyway, Lou, um, that's what's going on. And um, we're coming up on uh, probably about seven or eight minutes till the end of the show. So if you have anything to add, let's go ahead and add that now. Just basically my normal, which is with all the weather the way it is, People need to slow down and take care. Take your time. Give yourself extra time to get wherever it is you're going. That includes work. You don't need to race. The uh, expressways are not racetracks. And with the heat, there's a lot of oil and so forth from the tires, and you add this water to it, and they become extremely slick. So be careful. Watch out for the next guy. You don't want to hit him. You just want to back off and be easy. Be safe. Everybody be safe. Okay. All right, Lou. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, coming on and hanging out with me for this hour. Um, I was going to tell you, uh, we are starting to pick up some, uh, some more listeners and um, the archive listeners are going up and everything. So we really need to do the show every week, folks. And, and I said it, awesome. I, I've said it for a while here. Uh, we used to be able to, uh, anyway, Blog Talk Radio did away with that. So we have to manually schedule our show every week. And, and it was really a pain for me being out here on the road and trying to do all that at the same time. Uh, what we're doing is um, either before or after the show, I schedule the following week's show. Anyway, that's what we're doing. Um, like I said, check me out on Twitter, Car for Douglas CO, and that is all spelled out, Car for Douglas CO. Uh, anyway, check that out, and uh, we will see you here next Sunday. I'm, I'm debating what, um, what closing song should I use today? You know, the introduction. Uh, I have done our, our we'll see you, uh, you know, we'll meet again. And I've done the victory of 
the um, let's go with the we'll meet again because we didn't play that last week. Right, Lou? That's right. Actually, okay, I was thinking folks. more of the vic. You know, I was thinking more of the victory because of the parade. Yeah, but that you know what they're talking about two different wars: World War Two versus, versus the Civil War. Right, I understand that, but war is war. Yeah, well, I don't have uh, marching through Georgia or anything. I don't have any Civil War songs on that. Gonna have to find some. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll get. I'll get something. <laughs> We'll have to we'll have to get one one from the from the Confederate side and one from the Union side. Okay. Marching through Georgia is always a good one. <laughs> um, Bonnie Blue um, would be another good one for the South, and that was John Wayne movie, The Horse Soldier. Mm. There was a sequence in there where a Confederate colonel had gone to a uh, uh, a Christian Southern military school and demanded that the students fall out and try and stop the advancing Union forces. Anyway, it was basically a bunch of kids in, in fancy uniforms. And uh, that's what they played marching out onto the battlefield as divided group. Georgia, that would be uh, Sherman's March to the Sea. So we would have... I'm going to try and get both, Lou. Okay. All right. Anyway, folks, that's what we're going to do. And we are about ready to go ahead get our normal, regular closing theme of the day. And we will see you here next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time for the Interactive Internet with myself, Keith Carr, and um, Lou and maybe my son Brian and whoever else shows up. So thanks for listening, folks, and we will see you here next Sunday afternoon. Bye-bye. We'll meet again Don't know when Don't know when But I know Sunny day Keep smiling through Just like you Always do Till the blue skies Drive the dark clouds Far away So will you please say hello To the folks and I know, tell them I won't be long. They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go, I was singing this song. We meet again, don't know where, don't know when, but I know.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 